The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sell Better Daily Sales Show, where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. On today's show, we are going to be showing you all how to overcome the hardest hitting cold call objections. I'm very excited for it. I'm your host, Adrian Seah, and we're just going to get right into it. But before we do, I want to hear from you all. Where are you tuning in from? Throw it in the chat. I'd love to see these. We're usually worldwide. And yes, Dave, if you signed up for this, you will get a copy of it. It will be sent to your email. Now, welcome from the UK and welcome, Debbie. She's also here from South Carolina. Great to see you here. Everyone, be sure to switch your chat to everyone. So click that blue button and switch it over to everyone. That way we will be able to see you in the chat correctly. So be sure to change that over and let's get into it. So today I have my guest here, Brian Lamana. He is a senior commercial AE over at Gong. Thank you so much for joining us here, Brian. And I want to know, what is the one thing you think all reps should keep in mind when going into cold calling objections? Great question, Adrian. Pumped to be here first off. And I'm loving seeing the chat. People are uh, truly from all over. I see Artifer over in Bangladesh. That's awesome to be tuning in. Uh, First thing to know, I think the tempo and the tonality is often even more important than what you say. So just having that patience, being collected, being confident goes a super long way. It really does. It really does. Well, perfect. And we're going to get into that and so much more. But before we do, if you guys are looking to level up in 2023, we are here to help you. With our Sell Better Daily Sales Show, our membership with instant access to training and resources, and our corporate sales team training. It's a mouthful. (laughs) Be sure to check out sellbetter.xyz or scan this QR code so that way you can see what we are all about. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our partners, Vidyard and Gong. And of course, we always have our drop of the day. We're going to go ahead and throw it in the chat. It's going to be how to improve your closing rate and objectively evaluate your cold calls. It's going to be a scorecard for your cold calls. Be sure to download it. I'm going to drop the link in the chat right now. Check it out. So what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be showing you all how to prepare for all these objections before they happen and really how to get to the core of your objections. The first objection you get isn't always the real thing. So how do you get to the core of it and how do you do it correctly? And lastly, how do you keep that conversation flowing past the objection once it hits you? It can be kind of tough, but we're going to show you how to get into that and so much more. But before we do, I want to know who is in the room? Do we have SDRs? Do we have AEs? Frontline managers, senior leadership. I love to see these because it helps guide the conversation. If depending on this is the conversation I will be bringing up, the questions, everything. So be sure to fill this out for me and let me know who is in the room. I'm already seeing that this is blowing up with SDRs. Brian, does that surprise you at all? No, it does. I'm excited to see a a wide range of people though. It shows that prospecting really... uh, Happens at all stages, all different types of roles. It's very true. Very true. Now, let's get right into it. You want to prepare for cold calling objections, but what should you do before they even happen? Brian, what is the best piece of advice you can give to everyone in the crowd? Yeah, I think ideally, Adrian, the the first time that you're going through these objections live with a prospect or a customer it shouldn't have actually been your first time, right? You want to get a lot of those practice, a lot of those reps in with a teammate. 
with a coach, with a manager, with the person next to you in the office or uh, async on Zoom, of course. So anything you can do to just increase your total number of at-bats by role-playing, by practicing, by mocking, the better off you'll be in the game. Uh, to use a little bit of a sports analogy, you're not going to walk out on the field and run that play for the very first time. You're going to practice it over and over and over. And you're going to try to improve on it so that when you get in the game and it's a little bit different, uh, you're still confident, right? You know how to adjust and you're ready for anything that faces you. That is a great point out there that you want to just be able to get it out of the way beforehand. So role play, speak with your front, your manager, and actually get to the core of these objections before they even happen. Now, how about listening to your past calls? Do you find that actually provides some some assistance when it comes to actually cold calling? Yeah, and I'm I'm probably a little bit biased here uh, as a, as I work at Gong, and obviously we we help. Uh, capture conversations, replay them, do analytics around them. But uh, it's really important. It's, it's a little bit uncomfortable at first, but reviewing your own calls and teammates calls, it's it's just like reviewing game tape. I'll stick with that sports analogy for anyone that played sports in middle school, high school, even collegiate. You need to practice. You need to get in the game room and understand, hey, what is working really well? What's not? Slow it down, rewind, fast forward analyze yourself and just become more self-aware uh, into where some of those opportunities are and what great does really look like. If there's somebody on your team that's absolutely crushing it, well, go ahead and listen to them. Uh, steal some of their talk tracks, right? This isn't a uh, high school. We're not going to get in trouble for something like plagiarism. It's actually encouraged in sales world. Take notes on what they're doing, uh, ping them on the side and, and put some of those uh, talk tracks in the game as well. Now, you mentioned there that you want to listen to this over just so you can be more confident. Do you think tonality plays a big role in your objection handling? Yeah, I think it does. I think the tonality and tempo in which you speak are super, super critical. So anything you can do typically to slow it down is going to be more impactful. And you want to keep control and, and kind of rigor within that conversation. Um, so although they might be a little bit rushed on the other end of the phone, picking up a call completely out of the blue, you want to keep that steady, uh, real strong pace to it to, to kind of set the tone. I see. Now, I'm already seeing here that there is a lot of SDRs and AEs in the room and about 9% senior leadership. What do you think they can do with their um, higher ups or basically their team leads to kind of set in place a type of system that helps them improve with their objections, especially on cold calls? Yeah, I think the more practice and the more role playing, the better. I would encourage everyone in the room to, to reach out to someone on your team or even a leader or a rep that, you know, maybe as an AE, if you're an SDR and, and ask them to, to find 20 minutes with you and just go back and forth role playing some different scenarios some different situations that come up. The more practice you can get, the better. Uh, I know connect rates, especially these days are pretty low in sales world. So we might go through an entire day with only six at bats, six connects. Well, if we can get 20, 30 at-bats outside of that as well, by just spending 20, 30 minutes a day, uh, anything like that to improve and stay fresh will, will pay off uh, in the long run. Fantastic. Now, how about research? Uh, I've, you know, We get told this all the time. You got to personalize. You got to dig into your, your prospect, know who they are. But what is the correct balance between the research and the time making those calls? Yeah, it's, it's super challenging. I don't think there's like a perfect answer to this. I think 
Uh, it's a good segue as well from what I just shared, because if we call for six, seven, eight hours during the day, and we only get six or seven connects, like we can't spend you know five to 10 minutes before every call doing research, doing prep, if there's only what a five to 10% chance they're going to pick up. Mm-hmm. So honestly, I, I go a little bit more into scramble mode. I typically have a couple notes of whatever I'm calling out of. If you're calling out of Salesforce, if you're calling out of outreach or any outbound system, I might have a couple notes there that I just wrote down quickly to uh, maybe start off the conversation from doing any sort of previous prep. Um, but outside of that, the second they pick up, I'm pulling up LinkedIn, I'm pulling up their website, I'm, I'm doing some research on a second screen while I'm having that conversation. And it does take practice uh, being able to multitask a little bit, but um, you just got to prioritize making as many dials and getting as many at-bats as possible at the end of the day. Okay. So I want to hear from our audience. Put a one in the chat. If you guys just make those cold calls, no research, you're just going through your list, cranking out those calls and put a two if you do do a little bit of research before you actually make your calls. So I'm seeing a couple twos here, some ones. So it looks like there's a pretty good balance here in the crowd, which I'm very surprised by. I remember my time in sales when I was doing uh when I was a SDR, I was just cranking through that, but I would do research for my tier one accounts before I started cold calling everyone. That way I knew at least something that I could bring up in the call with some finesse <laughs> and it can definitely come in handy. Uh, so love to see this guys. Thank you so much for letting us know. Now, the next question I have is, you know that the first objection you get isn't necessarily going to be the one objection, right? You, you, they bring it up and it's not really the core of it. How can you actually get to the core of their true objection? Yeah, I, I, try, to, I try to take a second sometimes too and just, just think of like the person on the other end of the line, right? They're going about their busy day. They might have eight hours of back-to-back meetings scheduled and, and they get a call on their cell phone. Maybe it's from a local number, maybe it's from your cell phone, whatever it is. And they might think it's a friend. They might think it's their, um, their son's daycare or anything else. And they're going to be a little bit surprised, right? When they realize, oh, hey, all of a sudden this is a sales call. And oftentimes that first objection because of it is, they're trying not to be rude, but they kind of want to get off the phone. Uh, they're not always going to give that really full explanation. I think it's important to keep that context in mind, knowing that they're not necessarily exciting, waiting around, sitting around for that call with 15 minutes open on their calendar uh, just for you to hit them up. So I think the key is being aware of that and then really just being able to listen uh, to their objection and, and starting off with really just asking a couple of questions to go deeper and deeper beyond what they initially share. Now, I see here that you have some examples for us that are some good questions you can ask that kind of dig deeper. Uh, do you mind going over these? Yeah, I would, I would love to. So I think the first thing that I do when I hear an objection uh, is exactly that. I'm trying to really just listen and zero in and, and pick up every word they're saying, and just really deploy active listening. Mm-hmm. The next thing I'm going to do, instead of just immediately trying to handle that objection, right? So if they say, hey, Adrian, we don't have any budget for this. Instead of just going into attack mode and saying, hey, it's no problem at all. Let's grab some time next week. I try to just take a second, showcase a little bit of empathy and ask a, a concise follow-up. So as one example here, right? If I called you, Adrian, and you said, hey, unfortunately, man, we're, we're just on a full budget freeze until June. Can you reach out then? 
instead of going into attack mode, I'm just going to say, oh, wow, I'm so sorry to hear. Is, is the company not buying any new tech until June? And my goal is for you to, to open up a little bit more, to, to gain a little bit more context and understanding before I can then kind of reframe and try to truly overcome any objection that comes up. So that's really the framework for any type of objection I hear is just deploy some active listening and ask a short, concise follow-up question to whatever they shared. So I'm seeing here that you're really just asking a question that digs more into what they brought up in the first place, right? Like this non-interest in one, which you get all the time. Sorry, Brian, I'm really not interested in your service at all. And then you actually responded with a question. It's like, appreciate your candidness. For my learning, any reason why you aren't interested. Now, I'm realizing that you're kind of phrasing this in a very passive, not very aggressive or confrontational way, more like for my benefit, do you mind telling me why? Why is this important that you're coming off very uh, more like curious as opposed to straightforward? Yeah, I want to I want to stand out and right? I want to be different than everyone else that's calling, just trying to overcome it and trying to book an hour with them. I I want to show that I genuinely care, mm. that I'm curious, that I have uh, genuinity to myself. So in this example here, I'm. It, it's about the tonality too. I'm going to say, hey, Adrian, really appreciate your candidness, right? Just for my learning, like any reason why you aren't interested. And I, my goal for that is just for you to open up and share a little bit more because odds are it's that's not really a real objection, right? You're not being interested. It's probably something greater like, hey, you don't have time or you don't have budget or you don't think you're the right person, mm. right? But I can't really overcome it until I learn a little bit more uh, to what the actual root cause is. And the only way I can get them to open up and share that root cause is if they, they feel like I really care on the other end. And I'm not just that salesperson trying to steal an hour with them uh, the next week. I see. Now, Everyone in the audience, please screenshot this because these are very common objections. You, I can't even tell you how many times I've gotten budget, timing, and not interested all of the time on my calls. These are great rebuttals for when they do arise, getting to the deeper core of what they actually mean when they say things like timing, budget, or not interested. And I actually want to hear from you all. Do you guys struggle with cold call objections? We have a question here for you. Simple yes or no. Is this a problem for you? I'm sure you're here for a reason, but is this a true, like, I cannot get over this hump, Adrian. I, I need something to help me out. <laughs> Let us know because then we can get a, dig a little deeper into what it may be that you all may be struggling with. So I'm seeing that you have another question here for, and it's another example. And it was has to do with the wrong person. Send me an email. Can you break some of these down for me? Yeah, same exact framework, right? I'm just going to want to really listen to what they share, which is basically everything on the left here. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask a short, concise follow-up using some of the same verbiage that, that they just shared with me. Um, so as an example, I always try to do a little bit of like a, a pattern interrupt as well about like, hey, I really appreciate your candidness. Or if they said the example of send an email like, hey, Brian, feel free to shoot me over an email. I'll definitely check it out and get back to you. Right, I'm going to answer, hey, absolutely. I'd actually love to. Anything you'd want to see in that email to get them to, to really open up and share what they're looking for in a solution, uh, what they'd want to see in that email, if that's a real objection, I can maybe reframe how I ask for the meeting on why that actually makes more sense uh, versus just another email hitting their inbox. Now, you say, I want to, I'm curious, what would you like to see in that email? Is there any reason why you're asking what they would want to see in it? 
Um, is this a way to get more information out of them? Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm trying to understand why and what they would need to see in order for it to be worth their time, like mm-hmm. to actually set up a meeting. Mm-hmm. So if they say something along the lines of, hey, I would need to see a similar company that you've worked with that's similar to us or that's in our industry or a similar size team, right? Now I can use that Intel to, to help reframe and say, hey, I, I can include that in an email. We actually showcase that in our very first call. We share some similar logos, some similar brands that we leverage. Uh, I'm sure uh, you get quite a few emails, Adrian. Would it be impossible to just showcase some time live together? I see. I, you also use the extreme, the impossible, you know, which I've heard from Never Split the Difference, right? Or <laughs> fanatical prospecting as well is one of those where they just tell you, will you go to the extreme? It makes it a lot more likely to be agreeable with. Um, so I'm already seeing here in the chat, we have Leah asking, what if they just say, whatever you're about to tell me is what I want to see in the email? How would you re- uh, respond to that? That's a good question. Yeah, that sounds uh, sounds a little bit vague, right? If they just said uh, whatever you're about to tell me, I think I would position it and, and probably re-ask again, something along the lines of like, hey, our solution does a lot of different things. I want to make sure it's most tailored towards whatever you care about that's most top of mind. Adrian, would you mind sharing you know, what you're most focused on today as XYZ role at XYZ company? I so see. just trying again to kind of continue on the conversation a little bit and ask them another question versus trying to overcome something that I, I don't really know what I'm overcoming yet. I see. Now, I know that you had a framework for dealing with these objections. Can you tell me about this framework and why it's important? <laughs> yeah, 100%. So after I ask a question, and I might ask a couple as well, um, at least one follow-up question, maybe a couple more if I, if I feel like they're giving me some good intel and they're open to kind of playing that game. From there, I'm going to showcase a little bit of empathy towards them. I'm going to reframe how I ask for the meeting based off of their responses that they just shared with me. And then I'm going to end up at the very end asking for that meeting and just staying quiet. Right. So an mm-hmm. example of what this might sound like is, Hey, Adrian, I, I really appreciate you sharing that you're actually not doing uh, any budgeting towards, uh, again, until June. I know that's a long time. That probably puts you in a tough position as a sales leader. Given that, what we've actually heard from other leaders is it's really helpful to, to see the technology now so that at least you know what we have come to offer for, for when it is the best timing for you all. Uh, does that sound reasonable on your end? Would you have any time available like tomorrow afternoon or Thursday as well? I like that. So the empathy part is, hey, I understand your position currently. And then the reframe of that is basically what they just stated into then your ask. You're then bringing that into your ask where then you will get more information. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, that reframe is whatever they just shared with me why it even makes more sense to me based off of what they just shared in their own verbiage. I see. Everyone, be sure to write these down. You want to lead with empathy. You want to reframe what they just shared. And then you want to go for the ask, which is really the ask is just devolving, having them give more information on their current situation. This simple process, it could just be three steps. 
really helps break down those barriers that, that your prospect can be putting up uh, when it comes to a cold call. So be sure to use this and it could definitely play into your advantage. Now I'm seeing here that people in the question in the chat are actually asking a couple different questions. Um, one of them Mark asks is, where did you find the most success for in your outreach? Do you email or do you call first? With these objections, do you find that they usually arise when they when you're on the phone? Yeah, the, these are typically more over a live phone. In terms of Mark, you might be just curious in general around like sequencing and like order of operations. I typically do an email first. I've seen success go both ways there. Um, so whatever you're most comfortable with, or whatever you're kind of seeing with success in your org, um, can definitely work. Fantastic. So let's keep this going and. Once you've actually overcome an objection, how can you get past it, right? How can you know that you're officially over the objection phase and now I can bring this to a close? Yeah, I think once I once I have enough kind of further information from them and I ask another concise question and follow up or two, and I get enough intel to be able to reframe it really powerfully, assuming it does make sense to ask for that meeting again, that's when I go for it. And I'm going to really try to include their verbiage in that um, just around, hey, you know, we're um, to use that send uh, info over email objection one. If they said, hey, I would need to see a case study or I need to see a similar customer you work with in manufacturing. I'm going to use that same verbiage to say, hey, we actually showcase similar companies we work with in manufacturing on that first initial call. Or we can come ready with that. Like, would that make sense then if we're able to do that to, to put together a, a live showing or a demo for you all? Um, so just really listening to what they're saying, um, showcasing some of that understanding and and uh, going for the ask when you feel like you're, you're confident enough to. Fantastic. So would you actually wrap up everything they said in the conversation and then move on? How would you go about that tactically? Yeah, I think uh, I, I try to isolate uh, kind of just one by one uh, in terms of whatever that they just mentioned to me. But yeah, I'm going to restate it a little bit in that reframing before I go for the ask. But I want to leave off on that ask. So the last thing I want to say out loud is, hey, would you be able to, you know, does that sound reasonable to to find time tomorrow or Thursday? And then just stop and stay silent versus, you know, going on for another 30 seconds kind of gives them more of an out to think of how they're going to say no or why they might not want to. I see. So based on our question that we asked earlier, a lot of people do struggle with cold calling, right? 89% and only 11% said no when it comes to cold calling objections. I think a big thing, part of this is your prospect wants an immediate out and they just take it. How can you make sure that you're not giving them that immediate out, especially on the call when things can be moving so fast? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it kind of comes back to the tonality and tempo of just keeping a controlled uh, aspect of the conversation. But you're trying to stay in the driver's seat, right, of the entire conversation, asking them questions, trying to gain further understanding. But but you're the one leading that conversation, um, really start to finish. So uh, that's kind of the approach I take. Okay. If you're the one leading the conversation, how forceful should you be in moving things forward? Uh, basically, I think a better question would be, how do you know when to back up a little bit and let the prospect speak and then also know when to guide? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think uh, 
I think they'll typically make the ask a couple of times for a meeting. And as long as I feel like from everything that they shared, it, it truly does make sense from what my business looks for in setting up a meeting or setting up an initial demonstration, I'll continue making the ask because you know that's our job, right? We have to have the conviction that our product or service can truly and legitimately help them. And unless there's a reason that uh, says otherwise, like their you know technology wouldn't integrate with us, or it's just truly, truly not a good fit, I'm going to continue making the ask and just kind of take each objection at face value, learn a little bit more, and, and reframe it. And as long as they're willing to play the game with me, I'll, I'll play it with them. And I, I think. If you're able to show that genuine curiosity and being authentic and listening to them and understanding, uh, I think you'll you'll see and, and learn as well that you're going to get less hangups and sometimes they'll, they'll let you kind of play that game for quite a bit because you're you're willing to listen to them right and hear their world as well. I see. Now, everyone, we will be going to Q&A just about now. So be sure to throw your questions in the Q&A. It can even be objections that you guys are encountering. Throw them in there and we will cover them. Now, I'm already seeing a really good question here in the chat by Arfer. And it's he's getting the objection. I don't need your service before he even has a chance to explain what his service is. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I would try uh, some sort of pattern interrupt uh, instead of just trying to like overcome it right away. I'd say, hey, Adrian, thanks so much for sharing that. Like curious when it comes to, you know, blank service, what do you all leverage today to help you all out? Mm. So just again, thank them and appreciate them for willing to share that with you and and try to ask a short question to learn a little bit why, because maybe it's not a fit, right? Maybe they don't need it or, or maybe they're just kind of given a fake objection. Okay. Now I'm seeing here in the Q&A, we have Ibango. He's asking, how do you react when they keep saying it's not a good time to talk? What do you do on the phone then? <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I would, uh, I, I'd acknowledge it uh, a little bit as well. And I think anything to kind of just show yourself and uh, uh, be authentic with it and just say, hey, you know, truly it's it's uh, it's a busy time forever. And I, I completely hear you. Like, uh, instead of me calling back and, you know, trying you over the next week, is it possible for us to just spend a minute here to, to share why I'm calling in the first place? Um, right. So just really trying to reframe it for them. Uh, instead of you blowing up their phone for the next week, it's like, Hey, we'd love for you to just, you know, be willing to listen to me for a minute. I, I think we're um, uh, have some compelling stuff to share with you. Okay. Now I'm seeing here that Sarah or actually Tracy here brings up some good points. And this one might be relatable to a lot of people in this current climate. And it's, um, we're not interested, but also I have so many people pitching me daily. Why should I buy from you? Yeah. That is a tough one. What do you think people should respond to that when it's like, why should I choose you? It kind of feels like they're putting the ball in your court, but in a very aggressive way. How can you respond to that? Yeah, I, I would throw I would throw them off guard and I'd say, I, I don't know if you should choose us. Mm. However, that's really the excitement for my call was from some initial research that I did. It, it seems like you all would be a good fit. And the first meeting really isn't about like saying like, hey, Adrian, you know, this is the solution to buy or it's not. But it's really just about us sharing a little bit about our offering and seeing if it's even a good fit. And for those that are stuck with the current economy, uh, Sarah actually asked, the market is not doing too well. We are cutting budget. How can I overcome this objection? Yeah, I would um, 
take some of their verbs, right? Some of their verbiage that they just shared with you and show a little bit of empathy, right? That's a tough situation. I think you, you want to ensure you're not coming across tone deaf uh, in some of these conversations as well. They might be under a lot of stress as well. And I would just say something along the lines of like, hey, Adrian, that, that sounds like it's a really difficult time for you all over there. Like, uh, how's everything going at the business? Uh, you can even ask something a little bit off-putting, like off, uh, not just directly around the budget, but just say like, how, how is everything going as a business? Or are you all still doing well? To see if they'll just open up and share a little bit more. If you sense a little bit of like um, apprehension from them in the first place about just like, you know, the business not being in a good position. Okay. So for a lot of these aggressive um, replies that people get from prospects, it sounds like one of the best ways to break it down is simply to lead with empathy. Just completely disengages people right away. You know, it's like, well, how can I be rude when this person is just being so nice to me about my situation? Yeah. (laughs) This is great to hear. Keeping that framework in mind. Remember, guys, empathize, reframe, and then ask. Brian, you have an amazing framework here. And I want to know, so the, so the people can know, where can they find you? Where can the people find you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Would love to connect with everyone here and, and happy, to, happy to connect as well. So definitely give me an ad there. And I have, um, I have a newsletter as well that's linked in my bio where I share different best practices around cold calling, objection handling, things like that every Monday. Um, so just sent one uh, a little bit earlier this morning, but um, excited to connect with everyone. I'm always happy to answer any DMs as well. So um, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. There'll be some probably more specific questions for anything uh, specific to your role or your business, your industry, things like that. Fantastic. Well, everyone, be sure to follow Brian. We went ahead and linked his newsletter in the chat. Go ahead and give that a click. Check it out. He's always dropping value on there. And thank you so much for attending uh, attending this show. It has been fantastic breaking down these objections with you. And thank you, Brian, for joining us and everyone in the crowd. If we didn't get to your question, be sure to reach out to us and let us know. We do have the Sell Better hotline, which will be answering these questions from our experienced trainers. So be on the lookout for that. And thank you so much for joining us. And we will catch you all on the next one. Peace out. It was out. so much fun. Thanks, Adrian. Of course.